It's a brand new year. Things will be different. It won't be easy. But ABC 10 News is helping you prepare to take on these new challenges and make informed decisions for your family's journey. Safely back to school. ABC 10 News. Stories that matter. Hello and welcome to another ABC 10 News Ask the Experts session. I'm Ben Higgins and we're continuing our discussion as we have the past couple of weeks about getting kids safely back to school. Uh, certainly a major issue for parents right now as we look ahead to a school year during the current global pandemic. Uh, many issues related to it. Uh, we've been talking to different experts in different fields, uh, homeschooling, distance learning, uh, racial justice in education, uh, staying just sane as parents at home. Uh, we've discussed it all and we're gonna continue uh, moving forward with these topics because it is such a, a critical issue right now. And really nothing could be more critical than today's topic, which is mental health in education. And I'd like to bring our guests uh, for today's program on. Joining us from the San Diego Youth Services Program Manager, Amy Budd, and from the San Diego Suicide Prevention Council, Stan Collins is with us. Pleasure to have both of you with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me just start and let, let you get a chance to kind of tell us each uh, what you guys do and what your programs are all about. So Amy, why don't you start with us and talk about the San Diego Youth Services. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, we, I, I am Amy Budd from San Diego Youth Services and I specifically get to uh, work with suicide prevention in the middle schools and high schools here in East here in San Diego County um, and be able to participate as an agency in serving our youth. Um, and SUIS has been serving youth in San Diego for over 50 years now. And then Stan, the San Diego Suicide Prevention Council, uh, tell me about its mission and what you guys do. Our mission is to raise awareness about suicide prevention and reduce suicides in San Diego County to zero. We do a lot of work also with the San Diego County Office of Education in various districts. And then also through the Directing Change Program, it's a film contest where youth are able to share their voices about mental health. Well, I think right now, especially with the pandemic going on, um, this is a lot about kids not falling through the cracks because there were always cracks, uh, even in the best of times in our school system. Now it feels like those cracks are deeper and wider, uh, given the, the strain on resources, on teachers, on school districts. So, Amy, uh, with the pandemic in place, kind of what warning signs are you seeing and, and what are you most concerned about as kids start a new school year? I think it's definitely um, some of the things to be aware of is just having those conversations around how things are going to be different and being realistic with expectations as far as what this will look like um, as a student, as a parent, and having those conversations. Um, some of the symptoms could be similar to symptoms of depression or anxiety, um, drastic changes in habits, moods, sleep, eating. Um, so just keeping in mind um, those changes in mood with your youth, with your student, um, and really seeing like how how we can support each other um, and increase that parent-child communication um, in a time when uh, you are at home together, potentially, um, or in a very limited um, circle of, of influence. And so being able to have those conversations and talking about the fears, the concerns, and maybe even some of the hopes for the new school year. And Stan, as for you, kind of same question, just kind of during the pandemic here, are you seeing uh, any concerning trends when it comes to youth and teenagers? 
Well, as we're seeing throughout the lifespan, it's not just a teenage issue as far as increased anxiety, increased, you know, stress. Um, so I, we're definitely seeing that in the youth. And I think one of the, the things I've heard fr from the youth themselves is that, you know, they're feeling robbed from a lot of their experiences and that engagement. And so going back to what Amy was talking about as far as warning signs, you know, typically we look for isolation or withdrawal. Uh, but we're almost forcing kids to isolate and withdraw. So um, being very vigilant and, and looking for warning signs is one step, but it's really about having open conversations with youth and letting them open up about their, their stress, their anxiety, but also justifying those experiences. You know, going out of the last school year, many seniors were robbed of prom and, and graduation and experiences that we as adults look back on as some of the key pivotal moments in our lives. And so I think going into the new school year, uh, one of the things we look at is times of transition are very stressful for youth. So youth going from middle school into high school, uh, youth going into their senior year is going to look a lot different than it typically does. So really, instead of doing the cliche comments of, you know, every, you're just a kid, how bad could it be? Time heals all wounds. Um, really justifying what the, that youth experiences and, and allowing them to talk about it. Uh, Stan, I want to follow up on that. And then and Amy, I'll let you respond as well. Anxiety is so common. I mean, back to school, especially, I can still remember the anxiety I had going to a, a new class, a new year, a new school, and how difficult that is. Um, what are what's the difference between that normal kind of anxiety that we all feel, and then the point where it gets that we need to be worried about our kids that this is an abnormal amount of anxiety and a worry that they might do harm to themselves. Amy, I'll let you go first since you're on the screen now. We'll come back to Stan. Right. Uh, so it's a very good question. It's really important to be pondering this as families and having that conversation. Um, as far as, yes, it is uh, normal to feel anxiety whenever you're entering a new experience, whether that's high school, middle school, um, or going off to college. Um, it's normal to feel those butterflies. Um, and what we really want to do is help parents and children um, and youth expand their emotional vocabulary. So actually stating what they're feeling. I'm feeling funky. I'm feeling nervous. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my stomach. Um, and so kind of calling out the maybe those anxious, anxious symptoms um, by name so that um, you kind of are knowing and connecting body and mind. Um, and then with parents being able to um, have that question as far as do you know your child's stress, normal stress signals? Um, and then what would be beyond that? Um, and things that would be beyond that would be, again, extreme changes. And again, it's very difficult because of our extra isolation, the extra um, stressors that are on parents and students. Um, it can be hard to know what is extra, but that's why it's so important to have those conversations. Um, and if we're having concerns about, you know, those extremes that are starting to show up that aren't typical for your student or for your child, um, sleeping all the time or not sleeping at all, um, those, and then you're noticing those extra um, anxious um, signals going even higher, having a conversation on, hey, um, I'm noticing that you're mentioning your stomach is hurting a lot lately. Normally when you're upset or frustrated or stressed, you will mention that, but you've been mentioning it more than normal. Can you tell me what's going on or can we have a conversation about that? And so really kind of highlighting and putting that into words so that it's not just these things that are hidden behind stigma as far as mental health, um, and even at the point of feeling like it's so hopeless that we don't want to live anymore and being able to have a conversations around suicide and depression um, is so important, especially right now. Yeah, you, you both brought up the word conversation, 
dialogue with your kids, um, which obviously seems critical. But Stan, how how do you go about starting that? I mean, what's an example of of how you begin that discussion without, I mean, it being super awkward? Even, even as parents, we're always worried about those awkward conversations with our kids. Yeah, well, I think one step first is to acknowledge your own feelings about having these kind of conversations with your youth. You know, you have your own stress and anxiety going into a conversation where you're worried about youth. And one of the tips I give to parents is don't wait until you're concerned to have conversations about mental health or even suicide, anxiety, depression. Try to set the space, create the space, set the table early for those conversations. But as far as your question, how do you actually start that conversation? Um, I mentioned the, the program that I work on, Directing Change, where we have youth-created films about mental health and about suicide prevention. And so by sharing some of those films with your youth and saying, hey, I learned about these programs, I watched some of these films, have you ever had any experiences like this? Or asking questions with your youth, sitting down with them and say, hey, I saw something on the news today. Um, they were talking about youth mental health. Have any of your friends been struggling? And kind of deflected that way. That's kind of a good way to to curve around the topic and say, hey, have you been worried about any of your friends? Have, do you know what you would do if you were concerned about one of your friends? Do you know that you could come to me? And then start to hone it in. Um, but also not to assume that it's gonna all happen in one conversation. It's build up over time. So, you know, it's initially start kind of light and, and work your way in. But I guess the most important thing I would say is don't wait until you're concerned. Don't wait until there's a crisis to start having conversations about mental health. Yeah, looking at some of the comments that we're getting on Facebook Live, and, and I think, Amy, you mentioned it about uh, the isolation that that is just being added, that that is hard on many kids. I know, uh, you know, my kids talk about uh, getting back to school, missing their friends, wanting to be that in-person experience, that that can be a, a hard part of this pandemic as well. Right. Well, and we know that as teens start to grow, their friends become a really important part of their family. Um, and so when they are not able to be around their chosen family um, and they're used to being able to spend a certain amount of time on a school campus um, and have some variety, um, it can be really difficult, um, especially when there was the, or there were a lot of hopes or are a lot of hopes for when we can start to have more of that face-to-face. Um, and it is good that there are a lot of options right now. Technology has never been greater in the sense that we've been able to connect and stay connected, but it doesn't um, replace in-person um, connection. It does not replace um, that ability to interact with one another and see whole person body language. Even in this conversation right now, you only get to see from right here. Um, and so we're not able to really have full, like, full experiences with one another. Um, and as youth, it's so important as they're learning and developing to be able to see each other, to see their teachers, and to be able to have that more of that holistic approach to learning. Speaking of getting together, um, Stan, you mentioned the big events like the proms and the graduations that were already missed last year. Now a whole new class is uh, getting set to, to miss those as well. And um, you talked a little bit about it, but I wanted, I wanted kind of specifically, how do you acknowledge that with your kids? Don't minimize that loss with your kids. What does that conversation look like? Well, oftentimes we'll say things like, I know exactly what you're going through. Um, and you can flip that. What you're trying to do is show empathy, but you can flip that by saying, you know, I can't imagine how hard this must be for you. I know how important my senior year, or my prom or my, you know, there's athletes who are going to miss out on their senior seasons who are chasing scholarships and just say, you know, I, I just can't imagine how hard this must be for you. But also I think as parents, you know, adults were conditioned to think that we have to have all the answers or we have to fix or know how to fix these issues. And really, 
when you're in these conversations with your youth, I don't know, but we're going to get through this together. We'll find the answers together and just creating that space. I think another um, item that, that parents should consider is that it's okay to share your own stresses and anxieties with your youth. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm really stressed out too. Don't make it about yourself, but identify with that feelings. I hear from youth a lot that, uh, you know, their parents are, are trying to put on this brave face and be stoic and, you know, we got this and it's okay to say, wow, this is kind of a mess right now, but we're here together. I love you and ask them. I think one thing we don't do for youth enough is we say, what do you need? What can, what can I do to support you? What, what can, what do you want? What can help you? Obviously not all kids uh, have the same access to mental health resources, even within their own schools. Some school districts have, uh, you know, more better counseling, better mental health services. At San Diego Youth Services, Amy, I know a lot of the programs are directed toward those kids who have gotten lost along the way, foster kids, homeless as well. Um, don't know who we're speaking to out there, but I wanted you to make sure you got a chance to talk specifically about some of those things that San Diego Youth Services is able to do. Yeah, we're able to provide services um, and support to San Diego's most vulnerable youth. Um, whether they're struggling with homelessness, family conflict, abuse and neglect, mental health concerns, um, substance use, and then obviously the additional um, COVID-related um, stressors. We're able to provide different services. Um, you can look us up on the website of sduservices.org backslash services backslash, or um, I can give a phone number if that's okay at the moment. Absolutely. Okay, um, so the phone number, you can text or call um, to make a referral for any of our programs at 619-241-0608, 619-241-0608, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and you can text again or call that number um, to, to uh, receive more, um, more support. And I think that that's something to address right now is that it's okay to need extra support right now. I think everyone needs extra support. I need extra support. Um, none of us have this figured out and none of us know kind of what the roller coaster feelings will bring. And so it's really important to access those resources to ask for support, even though, again, it can be very scary and vulnerable to ask for help um, as parents, um, as students. Um, the, the reality is, is there are um, more resources, I think, than we even realize until we start looking and asking. Um, and so always want to provide support. Um, and just, again, that that permission to say, I want extra support right now. I know I need more foundation work for myself, or I know I have a great foundation, but I just need some maintenance. Um, and so whether you're going through your healthcare provider, um, coming through a nonprofit such as SDYS, San Diego Youth Services, um, or accessing resources through your school, um, making sure that you do that, that you um, give yourself an opportunity to, to be blessed and to have opportunities for others to build into you. And the great thing about this uh, platform, Facebook Live, is if you miss that phone number, you can just you know rewind a few seconds and listen to it again. So it's always there for you. You can go back to it over and over again. Stan, I know uh, San Diego Suicide Prevention Council, similar resources, but uh, kind of add to what Amy was saying there about what parents, uh, families can do if they are they are, feel like they're in trouble. Well, yeah, if, it, if it's all right, I want to highlight some additional resources that we have. We're blessed in San Diego. We have one of the best access and crisis lines. So folks can call 888-724-7240. 
a lot of times we think about it as a crisis line. So I have to reach this threshold of crisis before I can call. In reality, if you're worried about somebody, if you're gearing up to have this conversation with your youth and you want to get coached up a little bit, or you just had the conversation and you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't know where to go, you can contact that number anytime your youth can contact. I also want to share a couple of youth-specific resources. Uh, one of them is called the Crisis Text Line. Uh, in case parents aren't aware, these resources should be listed on the back of the student ID cards. And of course, the, I'm sure we'll list them here online. But Crisis Text Line is a way for youth to engage with a trained crisis counselor but via text. A lot of youth are more comfortable in that medium and in that setting. So that's another resource. And a, a final one I want to mention is something called Teen Line. It's actually based out of Los Angeles, but it's a, na a nationwide program that youth can call from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, and they can talk to a youth who's had over 80 hours of training in mental health support and crisis counseling. And sometimes that's just what you need is to talk to somebody in your age group and your demographic and just have them hear you out. So those are some wonderful resources, but the most important thing I would say about any of them is don't wait till the crisis. There's not a threshold of crisis that you need to reach before contacting those resources. That's a really good point, Stan. I want to follow up because I think we've all heard our whole life, hey, don't call 911 unless it's a real emergency. And I think we all kind of think, well, I can I can handle this. I can get over it. There's a lot more, especially when it comes to mental health. There's a lot of people more who wait too long rather than call too early in a mental health emergency with their family, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And that's one of the messages we're really trying to push out. And exactly like you said, this is not like 911 where it needs to be an emergency. In fact, they're always relieved to answer questions when it's not an emergency, when it's not a crisis, to help divert that crisis and, and help you get connected to the resources that you need. So they can help you identify, uh, identify a therapist or a mental health professional. Uh, they can get online. And um, something if, if the viewers aren't familiar with is called a safety plan. And this is something that honestly everybody should have and not just somebody who's in distress, but it helps you to recognize your own warning signs. And what are your own coping strategies and who are some people in your network that you can reach out to when you're feeling overwhelmed. And it just lays out a blueprint or a roadmap for you to follow when things aren't going well and reminds you that you can do this um, and reminds you of those skills that you do have. But absolutely, don't wait till the crisis to have these conversations or to reach out for help. Amy, uh, I know we have some saints out there who are always looking to help. Um, I know it's harder also in a pandemic. What are ways that people want to reach out and support San Diego Youth Services? and? Um, you know, I'll ask Stan, I'll ask you that as well about the, the Suicide Prevention Council, but kind of let us know for the volunteers out there, the volunteer-minded. So we definitely still have volunteers supporting um, and in different ways, uh, providing support um, via telehealth, Zoom, um, but then also in person. And so there's definitely opportunities to get involved on our website. We have a whole section um, of how to get involved and um, our volunteer specialists can walk you through what you enjoy doing and how that would intersect with helping youth. Um, for some people, they wanna get their hands dirty and they just wanna like do, finish and see accomplished a uh, project. Um, and others are looking to have, you know, a, a year of experience um, serving youth or working with youth in different um, dynamics. So there's a lot of different opportunities, again, whether it's in suicide prevention, um, whether it's working with our homeless youth, our foster care adoptions, um, anti-bullying, um, services. So there's a lot of opportunities to get involved. Um, and if right now you're not sure if you want to reach out and do that on a big scale, I would say start asking in your little community how you can, just like Stan mentioned earlier, what do you need and how can I help you? How can I support you? And so getting that practice 
um, and maybe even involving your, if you're the parent, involving your children um, in serving others um, and getting perspective of other other people's lives um, sometimes can help our own experience because it gives context. Again, we're not comparing our lives to other people, um, but we're merely able to try to support other people as they're also experiencing a really difficult time. And it can also cause us to have introspection and see what, you know, how can we continue to support ourselves and then what seems to be working and supporting others. Um, I, I wanted to also kind of mention what Stan mentioned about the safety plan. It's one of the greatest resources you can have and you can have it written down. There's apps for it. There's the My3 um, and there's safety plan apps. Of uh, There's one called uh, Friend Asks um, and they all have different types of but the four main components are the same. What are your triggers? Like what, what makes you feel upset? What makes you feel frustrated? What are those thoughts that maybe come into your mind as far as feeling hopeless or helpless? Um, what are your personal coping skills? How do you get over those things? Is it you know talking to someone? Is it going on a walk? Is it doing something physical? All those different coping skills. And then knowing who your people are because no one does this journey alone. And then having a really important conversation about how they can support you. Because it's one thing to say, oh, I would want my best friend to be one of my people, but does my best friend know what I need right now? And so having that conversation is so important. And I know we keep saying conversation and dialogue, um, but being able to have those conversations is so important so that others can actually support you and you can support others in a way that would actually do the most good and be the most supportive for you. Stan, same same for you at the Suicide Prevention Council. I see people are asking that question about how they can how they can get involved, maybe even uh, you know trained to be one of the experts who are answering those phone calls. Yeah, so folks can visit SPC San Diego, uh, SPC for Suicide Prevention Council, so spcsandiego.org to learn more. Uh, we are hosting virtual trainings right now, so we're hosting uh, QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. How, you know, really more in depth, how do you have that conversation and identify that level of crisis? Uh, people can also contact Teen Line or Crisis Text Line to become trained as a volunteer. Uh, here in San Diego, our access and crisis line is staffed by a minimum of a master's level mental health professional. Uh, so that's not something you can just sign up for as a volunteer. Um, but there's some other resources out there to get engaged. But with that, the Suicide Prevention Council, you can host a training, get some of your community, your friends, uh, get your kids, friends, parents, so that you have a network of parents that you all know that your kids are surrounded by uh, that are trained. And um, I think one of the, the things to consider, too, is that although it feels like we've been doing this forever, you know, I think, what are we, four or five months into it now? Uh, what I say to folks is that we have felt the earthquake, but we are still waiting for the tsunami to reach our shores. And by tsunami, we've seen that stress and anxiety increase in youth, but the long-term impacts um, are still to come. And we still have control and an ability to mold that. Is it going to be positive? Is it going to be rough for our youth? So um, it's not too late to get ahead of it, to have these conversations, to prepare our youth with these skills. And uh, we've been talking a lot about conversations and dialogues. And I have a saying that goes, when we speak the name of the beast, we'll retreat. So only by talking openly about mental health, about suicide prevention, anxiety, depression, can we ever hope to get ahead of it. So uh, those conversations are really important and uh, just feeling prepared. And whether you're a parent, whether you're a youth out there, uh, the most important thing we can do right now is cut ourselves some slack. Nobody has handled this perfectly. I know I've stressed out and made mistakes. Um, I'm sure both of you have as well. Just cut yourself some slack. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Uh, that is something that our experts across every single field that we've talked about has made mention of, is that be forgiving of yourself, no one's doing this perfectly. No one has all the right answers right now. Uh, as we wrap up, 
because you said speak the name of the beast. That's kind of where I wanted to finish. And that's there's still that stigma when it comes to mental health issues, um, suicidal thoughts. I think we've come a long way in you know, the last 20, 30, 40 years from where we were. There's still a long way to go. Where do you kind of both of you see the status of kind of that stigma of mental health, the, the progress we've made and this that we still need to overcome moving forward? Um, Amy, I'll let you go. Uh, I I think for us, we've seen such great change, especially working in the schools um, and working with the Net San Diego Youth Services. Seeing the um, the how schools have really pivoted and um, been able to start having these conversations, um, educating staff and students um, about how to know the warning signs, how to um, ask for support, and how to get resources. Um, there's definitely been a lot of progress. I think where we want to continue that conversation is um, perfectly right now because we're, we are more um, isolated with our, maybe our existing family members is having those conversations with our families um, and having those family conversations can be really hard because those people know you really well um, in some aspects, but in other ways they may not know you very well. And so having those conversations is, this weird balance of like super vulnerable and at the same time, they know a lot about me. And so having those conversations can bridge that gap and provide um, hopefully our families with less stigma around asking for help. Um, and just being able to, again, like, stay, like Stan mentioned, once we talk about it, it loses its power really quickly. Um, and so being able to have those conversations, again, it's not an, an easy one-time conversation and you figure out everything, um, but it's starting that. and dipping your toe in and not getting scared when conversations maybe don't go exactly how you would want either and having expectations that you talk about with each other is super important when it comes to reducing stigma around mental health around suicide and be just being bold to ask each other tough questions if we're noticing more anxiety having um the moment where your stomach drops but saying this is really hard to ask but i still want to make sure i ask and i don't know if i'll ask it perfectly but i want to try um, and so just doing what we can to start those conversations, I think within our family might be the really great next step that our our, our well, San Diego County could use. And Stan, I'll give you the last uh, thought here on, on overcoming that stigma uh, and making sure that people uh, who feel like they need help are, are willing to reach out and get it. Yeah, well, we have the resources out there. We've talked about a number of amazing programs that we do have access to here in San Diego, but I still think the most important part is for individuals to embrace their own ability. I do a talk that says the hero in each of us, finding your role in mental health and suicide prevention. And as great as the mental health professionals are and the impact that they can have, the most important conversations we're gonna have about mental health, anxiety, suicide prevention, happen at the dinner table, they happen on the couch, they happen on the phone at three in the morning and for people to really embrace their own abilities. And I think that's the stigma. Our next hurdle is getting people to understand that the role that friends and family can play in mental health and recovery and wellness is vital because without that, uh, the rest of the stuff really doesn't matter. And it's a partnership between the two. So um, embrace your own abilities, um, embrace your own needs and um, don't be afraid to talk about this. Um, another resource we didn't mention is up to sd.org is our San Diego County mental health awareness website where folks can go and continue the conversation and learn more. Stan Collins from the San Diego County Suicide Prevention Council. Amy Bunn, program manager with San Diego Youth Services. Thank you so much uh, for your time on such an important topic today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for raising awareness. Appreciate the time.
And I want to thank everyone who's uh, joined us out there on Facebook. Please uh, continue to tune in daily to Facebook Live for more of our Ask the Experts sessions as we continue to focus in on getting our kids safely back to school this fall. I'm Ben Higgins. Uh, have a great day.